Welcome to another great edition of After the Season Podcast with your host, J.C. Ruffin. Ah, that be me, yes. Listen, another great story coming your way about another athlete that you may, may not know, but not only is he a former athlete, but he's also... Part of the reason why this podcast exists. So it's really an exclusive because this man made me a best-selling author. And how we transitioned from being a best-selling author in my book is now reason why. I, I'm just go ahead and say we're going to be number one in podcasting for sports psychology and all things uh, of that nature. But uh, he's known as the publisher, my guy Kelly Cole. What's up, man? The publisher, Mr. Kelly Cole. Let's Mr. See. Kelly Cole. Get it right. Come to, on. I had to add the Mr. because... Even though, you know, my email is Mr. Kelly Cole, people still address me as a female. They'd be like, got it. Yes, ma'am. Got you. No, Mr. Kelly Cole. Got it. Got it. Yeah, well, we'll definitely put the Mr. on there the Mr. today. On there. Put, some, put some respect <laughs> on my name. Well, if you hear his voice, you can definitely say, this is not that. They'll talk to me on the phone, be like, yeah, ma'am. Great speaking with you. What? <laughs> the whole time? The whole time. Oh, man. All right, before we get into it, make sure you do one thing. Uh, it's actually a few things that we need you to do. Like, comment, share, and, of course, subscribe. Make sure not only are you being educated, but don't be selfish with this information because it's going to help not only you but somebody else that needs to hear this story. And we, man, um, first of all, I, I've told you many a times in, in private conversations, but I appreciate you more than you know, doubt. you know. Um, literally, uh, we got on the phone one time, and it's a crazy story. We ain't going to give him too much. But we got on the phone, and he was just like, you know, well, what do you need? Because we were talking about trying to get things done, trying to get the book right. done. And I was like, bro, I done already wrote one. I already know the steps. I already know how to get to it. I already know what need yeah. to be done. I just need somebody to format it and put it up. He was like, that's it? Easy. Oh, all right, I got that. Don't worry about it. We we on a whole different conversation Easy now. Money. And, um, you know, literally from, from thought process to um, he gave me my space to be able to create it. Uh, the book that I was originally going to submit uh, ended up not being that. That book is still sitting on my hard drive. Wow. <laughs> the book that is out is the one that led us here. Uh, and so before we get into you being the publisher, yeah. you know, we got to start with the former athlete you. Sure. Um, um, how, take me back to you, the athlete. What what age did you start playing? Man, I started playing, what what age do you start playing Parks and Rec football? So what's that, like 10? Something around there. 10. If you're talking Pop Warner, you might be at like 5, 6 then. No, I wasn't that, I wasn't that young. <laughs> I'm going to say about 8, 9, 10-ish, somewhere okay. around there. Um, growing up in Chicago, I was born in the Cabrini Green Housing Projects. Wow. Where they filmed the movie Hoop Dreams, Good Times, my, one of my favorite movies, Cooley High. Yeah. And, um, you know, growing up in Chicago, you think you're going to go to the NFL. You're going to play for the Chicago Bears. That Correct. That was a dream. Okay. So for us to go play peewee football and to get a, a real helmet, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Yeah. You couldn't tell us. <laughs> so I remember that. It was like, you know, getting my uniform, and we were nicknamed the Wildcats. Okay. We lost every game. <laughs> Boy, what? Well, no wild, no cat, no nothing. <laughs> I ain't even run the wildcat. <laughs> All three years. Okay. All three years. Oh, well, every year I played Pee Wee and Midget football. And I remember getting to high school, mm -hmm. not really knowing how good I am, but just know I have this natural gift. And um, I remember them putting me at defensive end. Okay. In high school. I went to a high school called Weber High School, same high school as Coach K. Okay. From Duke. Um, but they put me a defensive end, 
and I wanted to be a star. Every every player wanted to be a star. Right. So I wanted to I wanted to score a touchdown. Right. You know they don't give big dudes the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, how am I going to score a touchdown? So I said, hey, this is what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to hit somebody, mm-hmm. to drop the ball, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to run it back. Run it back, game. yeah. So before every game, what I would do is I would practice on the mat, the play, and how it was going to happen. Are you out here doing gymnastics and football at the same Gym- time? Gymnastics. <laughs> well, you know, you had mats in there, so it's to, you know, get ready. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, but it started, like, I didn't even know I was manifesting or using visualization. Mm-hmm. I just, and I don't even know where it came from. Right. I just started doing it. I was a freshman in high school. Wow. So I would practice this play. I said, the running back is going to run my way. It's going to be me and him. I'm mm-hmm. going to hit him. He's going to drop the ball. I'm going to run a touchdown, and I'm going to flip in the end zone, and I'm going to do my dance. <laughs> I'm going to flip in the end I'm zone a, I'm and do in. my dance. I'm hey, a, yo. That's when the Bears, you know, they was doing the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I'm going to do the Super Bowl shuffle <laughs> in the end zone. As a kid. Oh, my As goodness. I was a freshman. So, before every game, I would do it. About the third or fourth game, of course, it didn't happen. But my coaches and my teammates started asking me, what you doing? I was like, yo, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. The dude's going to run to my side. Yeah. I'm going to hit him. Yeah. I'm going to flip in the end zone. And then I'm going to do my right? <laughs> Didn't happen. Came to about the 10th game. Didn't happen. Wow. Made it to the playoffs. First game. Didn't happen. Second game. Didn't happen. Championship game. Happened. Fourth quarter. Wow. I said, oh, my God. This is it. Dude ran my side. I hit him. He dropped the ball. I ran a 70-yard touchdown. Sheesh. Flipped in the end zone. Did my dance. Hey. My teammates, coaches crying. We won the championship. Oh, wow. So your play was the one you was practicing mm-hmm. was the one that actually won the whole thing. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Like right. that. So to go, <laughs> to go a whole length and, and could have got deterred. Yep. Then like, nah, this ain't going to happen, whatever. Yep. But every week staying prepared to get to that space. That, that, yeah, yeah, it okay. Just like I envisioned. We going somewhere already. Okay. Already, okay. Already. Okay. So, so yeah. that's freshman year. Freshman year. Sophomore, junior year, what we looking like? Man, freshman year, we went to championship. Okay. Me and my team, we getting ready to go up to varsity. Okay. My dad comes home and says, yo, we're moving to Virginia. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Hold on. They ain't see the dance? They ain't like the dance in Chicago? Devastated. <laughs> Devastated. So my, my stepmom got a job offer in Virginia. My dad said, we're moving. Wow. Devastated. Crying. Coaches crying. Team crying. Because we had an amazing team. Yeah. I moved to Virginia, and I remember going to practice, and they're not giving me no reps. Like, not even put me in in practice. Whoa. Best thing ever happened to me. So I come home. I'm crying to my dad every day. He looked at me. He said, look, I don't play football. You play football. So you got to figure that out. Wow. He said, whenever they put you in, you take all that out on whoever's in front of you. Yeah, that sound like the water boy. Sound like the water boy. Sound like the water boy. <laughs> Didn't play my sophomore year. My junior year, they finally gave me a chance in practice. I hit this dude so hard. We're still not friends to this day. <laughs> Yo, that's not funny, but that's funny. <laughs> that's for real. I ended up starting every game after that, led the team in tackles, got defensive player of the year. Wow. Moving up to my senior year. I was like, we getting close. Senior okay. year, first scrimmage, broke my foot. Golly. Break my foot. Missed two games, never fully healed, played the whole year with a broke foot, led the team in tackles, got most valuable player. No D one offers. Got a D two offer from a school in Virginia called University of Virginia and Wise. And um, I remember before, um, you know, after school ended, before I was supposed to report to 
to college, my dad was like, look, you're not working out. And I was like booby mouths. Like, man, this is God giving. You don't work out. I didn't. I never worked out. I never lift weights. I never what? did none of that. It was all God given. Like, never. Like, literally, I never. Wait a minute now. Hold on. I did not lift weights. I didn't do none of that. So you just basically saw things happen on TV and was like, I could do that. I could do that. And then actually make it happen. And then did it. Okay. So Um, when does does practice ever happen? Do you ever start? um, Yeah. I told you I ended up starting my junior year. Right. But I'm saying, do you ever start? When does the, the practice outside of it Cause you started practicing and everything, and you got to a point where you were playing, and you started. But then you, your father kept saying that, "Yo, you don't, you don't practice, you don't work you don't out." Work out. So right before you know college, he was like, "Yo, when you go to college, mm-hmm. that little MVP trophy ain't gonna be nothing." Yeah. I was like, "Dad, what you talking about, bro?" Now my dad, he was McDonald's High School All American, played D one basketball. Sheesh. So he knew what he was talking about. You know what he was talking about. hundred <laughs> percent. That mean he, like, he, he got the credentials. Pops, what you talking about, bro? He was not lying. Every freshman in my dorm was the MVP of their high school. This is a D2 school. Wow. Every freshman. Wow. Probably about the fourth practice is when I realized I didn't love football as much as I thought I did. And mentally, the question is, what did that – because – now you coming into a room. You went from being the room that in the room where you was that guy. Yep. Now you in the room with a bunch of I'm that guys. I'm him. Yep. What does that do to you mentally? Yeah. For me, what was the hardest thing for me? Yeah. Is being 220 pounds solid. Like I was solid mm. and being the second smallest dude on the team. Mm. And they moved me from God, please. 220 solid. What is happening? 220 solid. And they moved me from defensive end to middle linebacker. Wait, that's the same weight as Patrick Mahomes right now. That's what he weighed in at for for Super Bowl. He quarterback. I was playing middle line. They moved me to middle linebacker. And this is the play that I knew my career was over. They ran a sweep. And the tight end was 6'6", probably about 240. The tackle was 6'5". He was 250. Uh-huh. The fullback was 200 pounds, probably about six foot. Okay. And they ran a sweep, and they rolled my ass down the field. And the coach screamed at me, <laughs> Cole, what you doing? I'm, like, Bro, I'm, over. It's I'm like, over this. It's I'm over this. I'm yeah. over this. Which, I'm like, what you want me to do? I'm I tried. <laughs> like, you know, I'm supposed to bust it up. Yeah. But they just balled me up and rolled my ass down the field. <laughs> it's it's like, like, my career over with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nah, like, I'm done. I would have rolled out too. That would have been enough for me. You only, I don't, you only get one time to do that to me. That That's it. it. So, okay. So now you have so football's over. Over. You play? Do you play basketball too? Yeah, basketball. Let me tell you about basketball. So coming from Chicago, playing basketball. Basketball was big, and actually kind of liked basketball more because my dad was a basketball mm-hmm. player. And um, going to a school like Weber, when my dad and them played, they were eighth in the nation. Wow. It was it was a big high school. Yeah, there's a whole lot of. Yeah. Hit us. So I moved, same thing. I moved to Virginia and trying out for the basketball team. Okay. Make the team. It was a black coach. So I was like, yo, I'm in there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This dude didn't like me. He didn't let me play at all. What? Now, I never said that I was a star basketball player. Okay. But I would have been like a Horace Grant. If you okay, okay, okay. I would have been like, you know, shout out to Scott Williams. I just signed yeah. to Books for Athletes. Hey, we going to get into it. You know, I would have been a, 
a great role player. Right. And that's how I worked in practice. Found your, rebounds. found, fill it in yeah. and do with your spot. You got yeah. no plays for me. Yeah. I'm getting the rebound. I'm putting it back up. Yeah. I'm going to get you. Doing the dirty work. Or 10 and 10. Yeah. I just wanted to play. Right. Junior year, Joker didn't let me play. I'm sitting on the bench. I remember one game he put me in, I scored like eight points in 60 seconds. It was like, like I'm not passing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I said, hey, listen, all this time I done sat here and waited, yeah, y'all can now wait for me. Forget it. <laughs> that didn't let me play for the next three games. So. Hey, yo, so you go back to that play after you done scored. Hey, yo. So senior season, like I finished that out my junior year. So senior year, I'm like, okay, I'm a senior. He gotta let me play. Right. First four games, zero minutes. Sitting. Sitting. I quit. I told my dad, I was like, yo, I already did my thing in football, got MVP. I'm done with basketball. Wow. Got a letter to come to a camp at um Virginia Intermont College. Okay. It was a basketball camp, but it was all of the starters from all of all the, the schools. schools. In that area. Okay. JC, I went there and balled out. I dropped 32, 10, had like five assists, got MVP of the camp. Okay. Everybody like, where you play? Where you play? Even the college coach. I was like, man, I sit the bench at Virginia High. And wh- I'm I'm curious, what what's the responses? They couldn't believe it. They was like, what? I was like, no, I don't play. They, I sit the bench at Virginia High. But at least she was, was honest. Yeah, that was my redemptive story. Like, yo, you did have something to offer. Offer. But you know, at a camp, it's different. You ain't have to, you know, ain't have to be, play no role. It was playing my game, playing your game. You can be you. Exactly. So, did any yeah. offers come from? No, nah, I wasn't even interested because I was like, "Yo, I'm going to play football anyway." So, so at this point now, but so your your dad has been instrumental. The move came from Chicago to Virginia. Yeah. How did that do anything to y'all relationship? With my be- dad? Be- yeah, because of that move. Because you were in a situation where you were moving up to a starting role. You were that yeah. guy, and then you moved from a different state. Not yeah. even, like, not around the corner. Like, you moved yeah. across country. Yeah. Basically. No, it didn't because, um, you know, especially after I grew up, I realized, like, moving to Virginia was one of the best things that mm-hmm. happened to me mm-hmm. coming from a city like Chicago. Like, who knows how I would have ended up right. in yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I just, one of the things my dad raised me is to not make excuses mm-hmm. like, to make stuff happen. So, right. and not blame anybody. Like right. I took responsibility for how my career ended up. Mm-hmm. I never once, I don't know why that never crossed my mind. Like, yo, it's your fault. fault. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course I wanted to go back because my mom was in Chicago and all right. my friends and all of that. Right. But no, I never blamed him. I never okay. was upset. I was homesick a lot and I cried a lot to go back, but. As I got in the mix, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And so now after, so you're not playing ball. Yeah. You show off in the camp. Yeah. Now at, at this point, you're done with high school. What are we doing with college? Because at this point, you're not playing either sport or you are playing. No, I left. Once I quit, once I quit football in college, I didn't stay in college. I didn't go to college to get an education. I went to college to play football. Wow. I come home. And literally, start working two jobs. I start walking, working at Walmart during the day. And I was about to ask you, you, remember what that was? Yeah, Walmart during the day and Blockbuster at night. <laughs> Nine months later, after coming home, my first son is on the way. I mean, I have my first son. Wow. Okay, hold on. So let's. Okay. Yeah. Let's backtrack real quick. So, what your mindset was already 
yo, if I'm not playing, I'm not staying, basically. Oh, yeah, I was out. So yeah. did that? Did you have any remorse after that? From, from leaving? School? From leaving. No, I had no remorse. Like, you know, as you get older, I just wish I would have went to an HBCU. Okay. That's for the experience. Yeah. I don't wish I went to college. College. I got it. I got it. And so now you come home and more responsibility. Not only are you working mm-hmm. two jobs, you're working Walmart during the day blockbuster. and Blockbuster at night. First of all, if we can get just one nostalgia situation and bring a Blockbuster back for like a week. There's one. <laughs> would be, There's one in the what? Where? I think it's in, it's somewhere like Oregon. There's a, there's one over there by, by Nike, yeah, probably. Like, uh, <laughs> that, but That's crazy. Yeah, okay, so wait, do you remember at this time how were, how much were you making an hour? Like four fifteen an hour. Yeah, like that. And that was at, was that at Walmart and Blockbuster. Was at Blockbuster. So what were you, at Walmart? So at Walmart, um, this funny story. At Walmart, this lady just came in. She was frequent at um, Blockbuster. And she was like, yo, how much they paying you here? And I was like, four fifty. She recruiting. Yeah, recruiting. <laughs> she was like, I'll pay you seven to come manage um, the photo department. And I was like, okay, what's the hours? And she was like, eight to five or nine to six, whichever one you want to work. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I went. She gave me a job. She gave me seven. So I was making seven at Walmart and then four, four fifteen at at Blockbuster. And in the Photoshop, that's a guaranteed five days a week. Guaranteed. Wow. And I put in there, like, yo, I'm working no Sundays and stuff like that. Right. So you got your weekends. Were you working weekends at Blockbuster as well? No. So um, here's well, the Well, you had no weekends too? Yeah. I was, um, I was a barber, too, for 10 years. So I was working two jobs, and I was barbering on Saturday. So I was cutting hair on Saturday all day. Yeah. Was this in a house? Were you in a shop, or were you, like, at the I house? Was in the or? Back of, I was in the shop. And I was in the back of my house, wherever I can cut it. Yeah. So, yeah. How much was you charging a cut? Because, you know, people was asking. $5. A cut? A cut. Hey, yo, I got problems with my barber today now, yo. Like, $5. $5 a cut, but I was making so much money that I was paying all my bills off haircut money. How, okay, wait a minute. So, we're, yeah, at least. So, how many clients would you see a day on average? Saturday? Saturday is the popping day for him. That was the only day I cut too. I didn't cut during the week. I only cut on Saturday. And if you call me during the week, like in between going to one job or another, you was gonna pay a lot. How much would you charge? If if they call me on a Saturday, like twenty five. Okay. Which is crazy now. That's the base cut. Cut. Yeah, the base. More like forty. I just paid. (laughs) um, What was it? On Valentine's Day, I just paid a hundred for a cut. Cutting beard shape up. Yeah, I, well, yeah. I'm off day too, so I, so I, you know. I got it. Yeah, I called him in on his off day. Oh, well, then, I mean, you know, that's, that's not. A, I could see a hundred dollars on the off day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, my barber, he's like seventy five on a regular day. So, so um, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's what so we. Yeah, at. but let me let me get to the good part. So, yeah, that's what I was making. Yeah. And um, you know, and then your son's on the way. Yeah, find out I'm having a son, and um. It's just like, like you said, I'm just wandering through life, like trying to figure out what I really want to do. do. Yeah. But been a born entrepreneur. So throughout Mm -hmm. this whole time, you know, I've been selling stuff. Like I've been a hustler. I've been an entrepreneur, like selling CDs, selling T-shirts, selling firecrackers, selling jumping jack, like anything that I could sell. Once my dad taught me like how to, you know, buy low and sell high. High. Game is over. Game over. If I figure out how to sell it, I'm selling it. 
Okay, so now son's on the way. Yeah. This is Aaron. Aaron. So for those who don't know, he is he has a legendary son yeah. uh, in in the gospel world, um, and uh, he. Aaron Cole. Aaron Cole. He 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 trends on TikTok and Instagram. Dumb crazy. Dumb crazy. Um, and, and you're his road manager as well. Road manager. Yep. Um, um, so salute to your son. Appreciate it. But before he got to that point, were you prepared to have a son? At that, do you yeah, think you no. were, like? No. Okay. Uh, uh-uh, I'm gonna give you an exclusive. Yeah. His mom. His mom was 17. I was 19. Wow. And um, it was one of those situations where it went down and I didn't see her and just bumped into her and she was pregnant. Like we wasn't dating. And I was like, yo, you pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like something like, don't look right. She was like, no, no, I'm not. Stomach hard as a brick. I was like, no, you pregnant. Pregnant. And um, she went and checked and she was actually pregnant. And I was like, yo, you're not keeping it. And so she went to the doctor to actually get an abortion, but she was too far along. She was three months, three months, so she couldn't get abortion. But yeah, no, I wasn't ready to be a father. I was still a kid myself. I didn't know know anything, but, and she was 17. She was still in school. Right. But of course, she was too far along to get an abortion. We had, I watched my son, you know, be born Mm -hmm. and I took it all in, didn't do anything. And I went in the car and I remember crying my eyes out like as hard as I could for about two hours. And I came out and it was, it was time to go to work. Go to work. I went in a boy and I came out a man. Man. Yeah. With with a little boy. With a little boy. So from that point, it was no longer about me. It was all about him. So in your first steps now, your father, um, you know, is at that point. Everything you do is no longer about just you. Yep. Everything you do is about yep. how the benefit of whatever the return is for for your kid. Did your family step in? Did they have help out? What did, what was that dynamic like? Nah, my um, you know, it was just one of those things. The way you know, my dad raised me to make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Like I never in my mind thought about, yo, if I can't do this, my dad got me. That got no, me. I wasn't built like that. Yeah. You know, it was it was it was built on like, yo, this is me. I got it. Yeah. You know, whatever it takes. Yeah. Now, being grandparents, are they gonna drop off some diapers? Are they gonna do things? Yes. But to this day, I've never asked them for anything. That's a good thing. Not one dime. Not That's a nothing. good thing. That's a good not thing. Parents, not nothing. Everything they did for us, they did it out of kindness of their heart. It wow. wasn't me saying, yo, can you do this or can you do that? Wow. So I made up in my mind. Like, and I think they, they value you a lot differently because of that. Because you always, you, sure. stooped up, you you stepped up. You were 19. Yeah. Like you said, you had your moment. And then it was like, all right, well, Boom. here we go. So, okay, yeah. now your father, what's the first immediate thing that we're doing? Because you, you're hustling like crazy yeah. throughout the week. Now you got a kid. You got to yeah. be there. You got to be around. Yeah. Got to be a part of that. What's the first, how are we getting to a point now where we're like, okay, I have to figure out what I'm going to do? It didn't come. Like, I didn't figure out what I wanted to do until I was 30. But let me go back real quick. Okay. Like, from the moment I had him, if you saw him, like, once he was able to to walk a little bit, mm-hmm. not even potty train, mm-hmm. if you saw me, you saw him. Right at, right at him. Like, if you saw me, you saw him. And for, I can vouch for, from the time he was born till he turned 18, I did not spend one dime on me. I took my brother's hand-me-down clothes, shoes, whatever he would give me, okay? Let me take you back to Pee Wee football. Okay. 
there was a there was an older guy lived in our neighborhood who worked at Finish Line or one of the sneaker stores, and this is what developed my love for sneakers. Now, okay, okay, yeah, 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 too. yeah, yeah. But he had the True Blue Jordan Threes. Ooh, and he was like we were on the bus riding home from football practice, and he was like, "Yo, y'all saw these joints yet?" And we was like, "No, nah, let us see." And he opened that box, and I was like, "He was like, oh. <laughs> I said one day, yeah, I'm gonna be able to buy whatever I want, yeah." And I'm going to get those shoes. I remember after raising my son, he was 18. He had, had his record deal. He signed his record deal. I dropped him off in Nashville. On the way back, I stopped at a Nike outlet. And what do I see? Them shoes. Them shoes. And I bought them shoes. Wow. And it was in your size. My God. Size, my size. They were in my size. And I remember that day. I had the money. I had sacrificed my entire life yeah. for my son. Yeah. And um, I bought those shoes you, as a reward to myself. You know what's amazing to me is that some people can't keep a promise for five minutes. You kept a promise to yourself for 18 years. Yeah. Yep. And to not forget about the promise, even though it was shoes. Like yep. some people are like, yo, there's a pair of shoes. But yeah. you, the promise you kept to yourself yeah. to say, yo, I'm going to dedicate to being a man, to raising a young boy to a man, to yeah. be able to say, I'm going to let him see that I'm going to upkeep myself, but I'm going to make sure he knows that he's well-kept as well. For sure. And then be like, all right, bet. I done did this. Yeah. I'm good. You good. You ain't out here got no craziness happening. Yeah. And, 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 to, and to, that, to that point, um, yeah. he just got married. Aaron just got married. I've been married about a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, been married a year and a half. And it felt good to stand up at their wedding and tell his wife I did the best I could to raise a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that felt good. And he saw, like I said, he saw the sacrifices. I'm going to give you an exclusive. Okay. I'm going to set this anywhere. Okay. When is this dropping, by the way? We're going to give it to you. Okay. We're going to tell you. We can't okay. tell the people. We're going to tell this is, this is an exclusive. I'm actually writing a book. What? coming out Father's Day weekend. It's called Raising Aaron Cole. Wow. The whole story. And I answer all of the questions from people who ask me what I did. Like how I got his career to where it is. Wow. All of the things I did. So it's called Raising Aaron Cole. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Father's Day weekend. RaisingAaronCole.com. Golly. Yeah, we. Okay. All right. So you got all these people. You got books coming. Yeah. So, okay. So we're at 30 now. Wait, wait, no, let's not get to 30. Because you got the 30. So wait, let's backtrack. Yeah, no, let's get the 30. Let's get the 30. So okay. in between that period of raising my son, like it's it's crazy. So by 30, I not only have Aaron, I got Alexis, okay? And I have my baby girl, a love. So now uh, I got three. Three. I got three at 30. And um, I was just at that place where, like, Lord, I need something. Yeah. Like, I need something to share. Yeah. Still working two jobs, still cutting hair. Still hustling, still doing, like, I was doing videos, videoing weddings, family reunions. I was taking pictures. I was doing video. I was DJing. I was doing everything I could trying to find my thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was doing. And provide. And provide. Doing promotions. So, like, I put on, um, um, what is it, comedy shows. Wow. Just all of these things, just trying to find it. And one day I was walking in. Books a Million, and I came across this magazine called Millionaire Blueprints. Okay. They don't print it anymore. If you ever find one, pick it up. But, and there was this guy on the cover, and on the cover said, Web Made Millionaire, and he was in a drop-top bins. And I opened up the magazine, started reading his story, and it talked about how he built these websites that made him money while he was sleeping. Mm. I was like, oh, 
This is it. Oh, he had the shoe moment again. Shoe moment all over again. (laughs) And I was like, yo, this is it. And um, I don't know if you like me. Most time we read magazines, we put them joints back, right? Yeah, yeah, ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, definitely. Get what I need. And today we can take pictures of it. Like at Fairpoint, we had to take mental pictures. (laughs) So I put that, I didn't put that joint back. That was a $10 magazine. And I bought that magazine and literally studied every word of that magazine. And knew at that moment that that's what I wanted to do and quit my job. Yeah. But I punked out. I stayed a whole nother year. Golly. Ever worked retail during the holiday season? That will make you quit immediately. Listen, I went through another retail holiday season. It was right around, I think I got to around June. And I came home from working my second job. And I was just like, yo, I'm done. I can't do this no more. So wait, so you're not, so... At this point, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much sure you're not at Walmart and Blockbuster anymore. So what jobs were no, you at? at this? You were still there? I was still there. Golly. This, at this point, I had moved from managing photo to managing the cell phone department. So did you get an increase or was it the same? Yeah, I got an increase. It wasn't that much, though. Okay. By the time, I would think I was up to, what was I up to? About eight or nine? So about a dollar, really, maybe two? Really nothing. Yeah. Like, what I was making in a whole month, I made yeah. yesterday. But that's not what we're talking about. But anyway, okay. So, back. Let's the back flex. Let's go. Let's go back. Let's go back. We're going to go, we gonna go forward, to too. They we, need to hear yeah, this. Yeah, no, they this. do. They do, please. They need to hear this. I come home. I'm at the end of my rope. And um, I was married at the time. And my wife was like, I married Aaron's mom. Okay. She was like, let's watch this movie. Like, calm down. Let's watch this movie. You know what movie we watch? Pursuit of Happiness. You ever seen that? Yes. It's a very good movie. Listen to me. We put on Pursuit of Happiness. By the end of the movie, I'm crying. I just about to ask. Yeah. I'm crying, and I'm crying out to God. I'm saying, God, I'm supposed to be your child. But when I go to work on Monday, I'm quitting my job. Even if I end up living in a bathroom with my family, I'm quitting my job. Wow. I go to work. I immediately quit Blockbuster. I didn't even go in. But I go to Walmart, and as soon as I walk in, I get called to the office. And why did I get scared? It's one, re- it's one, it's one thing to quit. It's another, another thing to get, to get fired. fired. Right. I get scared, but they tell me they want to send me to Arkansas for a week to a shareholders meeting. So I'm like, all right, cool. This is give me some time, put my plan together. Yeah, yeah, let's ride. Yeah. And it was a free trip. Right. I go to Arkansas. I walk into the Arkansas Razorback Stadium, and you'll never guess who's walking towards me. Please don't tell me. Chris Gardner, the guy Will Smith played in Pursuit of Happiness. The guy Will Smith played in Pursuit of Happiness. I am holding my head if you're listening to Chris audio Gardner because this right here is walking l- towards me and I lose my mind. I would have I would have cried immediately. Listen. I like it's certain people in life that if you meet, you like, yo, you don't and we see it all the time with ET, like yep. people legit drop their like eyelids because they're trying to hold it together. I can only imagine what that was like for you. Yep. So he turns around, he takes this picture for me. Nobody knew who he was but me. And I was like, God, thank you for letting me know I'm on the right, right track. track. This is what I'm supposed to do. Confirmation. Check this out. So I get the confirmation. Yeah. I'm feeling good. I come back. Going in to quit. God says, you can't leave to July 15th. Ooh. Which meant I had to stay another month. It was like June something. And I'm like, God, you didn't already confirm. And it's you something where he my, just, like, he got my hopes up. Listen, my I'm energy is ready. good. Like, I'm finally ready. Go home depleted again. 
turn on TBN. You ever watch TBN? Of course. You ever wake up in the middle of the night, TBN's cool. <laughs> you scared as all outdoors. <laughs> Bishop Bloomers um, on that preaching. He's being interviewed by um, Bishop Walker out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Bloomer looks in the camera. I'm going to look in the camera just like, is that the camera? Yeah, it's the camera. He says, whatever you believe in God for, that thing is done. He said, the angels are in your living room doing it right now. He looked right at the camera. He said, I don't care if it's July 15th, that thing is done. You know what? JC. I'd have, I'd have been on the floor again. I fell out. I would have been Listen, on the floor. I fell face first in my living room on the floor and like just passed out in the spirit. And I mean, you couldn't it. help but. Couldn't help it. It was like God reached inside of me and just yanked me and was like, yo, I got you. Like, like that was that was all I needed. Wow. So July 15th, 2008, I quit both my jobs, started my business on the internet, and started making crazy money. So, Lies. Well, <laughs> That was a lie. That was a big lie, cause you, cause you, cause the way you said it too, energy. It was like, yeah, I, I immediately was, yeah, that didn't sound right to me. I got, I even got caught up in it. I was like, I damn, what rent. you do? Can you show me how to do it today? <laughs> I couldn't pay rent for seven months. Wow. For seven months. And again, this also comes back because you've been manifesting a lot. And you also told God, God, if you, even if I have to live in yep. a bathroom floor, yep. I'll trust you. I'll trust you. Wow. Couldn't pay rent for seven months. Landlord would come to the door and be like, look, bro, I ain't got it. I'm working. I'm trying to build this business. And I said, whichever comes first, I build the business or I get my taxes, I'm going to pay it all. So he trusted me with that. Um, Lee, that's God. In, yep. Seven months in. Um, I got my taxes. I um pay him mm-hmm. in full, and you know how you get them taxes. You're able to breathe a little bit. Like, and okay, yeah, yeah. I could think of my next move. Right. We had about three thousand dollars left in the account after, um, paid pay him off and got the bills and stuff caught up, and I got the kids. We had books a million again, and my wife at the time calls me screaming. What did you do? Like you didn't spend all the money. I said, "When I'm gonna buy a books a million for three, three grand. grand?" Back at zero. You know what happened? A doctor bill garnished the whole rest. No. Of Back to zero. Back to zero. And um, I'm so glad they don't do the medical stuff <laughs> on the, right? these days. Cause godly. And I, I just went, I prayed again. I was like, God, you gonna have to do something. Like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm I'm building my business. Yeah. Like, I don't have anything. So it got bad again, so much so like I really didn't have a car. I was walking to the library. My internet was cut off. I was walking to the library with my laptop to do my work. And I got a um an invite to come to this seminar in Atlanta called Matt Basak's Marketing Madness. And um, I was like, I'm going. Like, I don't care. I don't got the money. Money, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to sleep in my car. And my dad found out I was going. He gave me $100. And that guy that I worked with at Walmart gave me his broke down Volvo. Wow. I took that and that $100. I drove to Atlanta. And I said, well, let me at least try to get a, a motel. So I went to this motel and I did something called the swipe and pray. You ever did yes, the swipe and, and pray? Yes, every time. Ooh, yes, God. Lord. If y'all don't know what that is. Yeah, you ain't never been out. <laughs> trying to do, The dollar trick is amazing, too. You get that dollar trick, you got at least dollar in the account. You go up there, you swipe and get you some right. gas. 
You good. You good. You get good a full money. tank on a dollar. Good money. <laughs> so I was swiping. I mean, the girl was swiping, and uh, while she was swiping, I was praying. I was able to get a room. Got a room. Went to the conference. Didn't have money to eat. So. Mm-hmm. I was eating in the conference. You know how they put out like the mints and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was drinking water and eating mints. Wow. And I stayed there, but I literally learned something called website flipping. And I came home and I built this website that sold niche websites. Okay. And in three months, that website made me ten grand, and my business has been profitable ever since. I ain't looked back since. Golly. So everything that you originally because. Cause now, if I'm, if I, how much did you? Ooh, how many? How much did you owe in rent? About seven grand or so, somewhere around. There. Come on now, catch me. Oh, and the three, number. yeah. And then the three, yeah. That they took, yeah. And you turned around three more months later and made all ten grand back. All three, all ten back. I didn't even catch that till you just put that together. To be faithful over few. Mm, thank you for bringing that point. When I quit my job and I was selling one product a week, I was selling one product and it was for $25, right? I was still faithful in giving. So I would go take mm-hmm. that $3 yeah. and give, yeah. you know, while serving too. So like my dad was a pastor, he had became a pastor and I would give those $3 every week and we were barely eating. So that brings me to another point. Like if God can't trust you, to give him three dollars, why you gonna give you more? Hundred thousand, yeah. I think you gonna give him thirty? Like it don't work like that. Man, you better and say that. About, and think about this too: if there was a vending machine right there and it had a sign set out of order, would you put your money in it? You sure enough wouldn't. So why would God put His money in you? You out of order. And you out of order, boy. Listen, okay, all right, okay. I didn't come here to preach. But uh, if we gonna pass another plate around, <laughs> okay. So ten thousand yeah. profitable ever since. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but you, you, you niche down even further. Yeah. Um, now in selling those websites, were you at that point selling for the publisher part of it or what, uh-huh. how, when did, when did we transition or how did we even land to this point? Yeah. So flipping, flipping websites, hand over fist. Then I start. um, Well, hold on. Before you do that, break down what flipping websites look like for people. It's just it's the same thing as as house flipping. Okay. Okay. You like you buy a house, Mm -hmm. you fix it up and you sell it. Mm -hmm. This is what same thing you would do. You would buy a domain or whatever it was. Like, say, if you bought had came up with an idea for for a store. Okay. A boutique or shoe boutique or stuff like that. I would build websites full of Air Force Ones. Buy the domain and then I would sell the whole business. Ah, got it, got it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Or I would just build one one website I sold for five grand. I built a website that had an email list and all it did was send um, coupons from online. Wow. And they bought it. Somebody bought it for five grand. And I was like, yo, this is it. This is it. This is like, you know, flipping. So that's what I was doing forever. Then it got saturated. Yeah. Because I created courses on it and I was teaching people. And, got it. And more people started learning. Buying it and everything. So I, like, okay. I got to think of something else to do. And not even paying attention, ABC introduced Shark Tank. Fell in Fell love with the with, um, Man, let me tell you something. Listen. That's a, that's a, I'm not going to lie. That's a goal. Yeah. To sit as a shark. Oh, to sit as a shark? I want to pitch, but I still want to sh- sit as a shark. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to be a, a billionaire to sit. You can be yeah. a multi, multi. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be right there. Fell in love with the show, taking notes from the show. One of my friends in Atlanta found out I was taking notes. 
asked him to borrow my notes. And he was like, yo, this will make a great book. Mm-hmm. And you should interview the sharks. And I was yeah. like, that's a great idea. Yeah. I emailed all of the sharks. Barbara Corcoran, Mark Cuban was the only ones that emailed me back. Barbara agreed to give me an interview. Mark Cuban said he didn't have time. Wow. Me and Barbara hit it off so well. I said, Barbara, you'll help me get an interview with Damon. She was like, sure. She put me and Damon in a group text and said, hey, Damon, give this guy an interview. He's a great guy. Damon immediately responded, connect me with his assistant. I did both of those interviews, took those interviews along with my notes, wrote my first book called Conversations with Sharks. It hit number one on the Amazon bestsellers list for about two weeks. And that birthed my publishing company because my inbox was full of people asking me how to do it. Yeah, oh my goodness. Do you still have the relationships with both of them? Barbara. Wow. Yeah. Me and Barbara hit it off because we were we were doing the interview, like probably first question. I was like, Barbara, how did you get into real estate? And she said, Man, I slept with my boyfriend for a thousand dollars. And I was like, Barbara, you want this in the interview? Like, I don't care. I would have slept with him quicker if I got my hands on that thousand dollars. I was like, this, you know what? This fit, that's about like, to be amazing. Yeah, I was like, I love her. And she gives the same energy till this day. Hilarious. So, so what year was that when you did? Do you remember? Was that like 19? Okay. And, and she's still like that to this still, day. So Golly. she took one of my quotes that I had gave her on the thing. I was like, Barb, you just going to take my quote? You ain't going to give me credit? She was like, I don't get nobody credit for shit. Yeah, at least she honest. But she she just like that. But she cool though, like cool. Than yeah, a fan. yeah, yeah. So, but no, Damon, man, I had to tell him like how much of a fan I was. Like we did an interview, he was cold for the first forty five minutes. Forty five. Cold the entire interview. You know how New York people are. No disrespect. But, okay. You know they cold. Well, you know? I interviewed uh, Carl as well. So Carl. Uh, Carl Brown, one of his uh okay. the founders yeah, yeah, yeah. of Fubu. So and he was he was sort of like that until we got good yeah. and then it I'm was like, like yeah. Damon, listen to me, bro. You don't understand how much this means to me. Like mm-hmm. when every one of my kids was born, I was wearing something Fubu. Wow. Like, that's how much yeah you know, the brand especially for the culture. Yeah, the brand it was for me. So yeah. So that birthed my publishing company, got my first speaking engagement that first week, Norfolk State hit me up. Crazy. Me to speak. And you all, God, you don't even, come on, man. What's up? Okay, for, for everybody that's paying attention to the story real quick, and I apologize for keep jumping in, no, but the revelations that just keep coming through this, he always said he wanted to go to an HBCU. The first yeah. school that books him is an HBCU. First, first speaking engagements at an HBCU. Keep going, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 Which made me want to go even more. Yeah. Like, I was like, Man, I yeah. went to HBCU. Behold my the brother, green and gold. Shout out to my brother Kendall. He graduated undergrad at Hampton, got his um, master's at Norfolk State. Battersea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and so I got his doctorate from Virginia Tech. So shout out to my brother, Doctor Kendall P. Okay. Not mad at that. Okay. So yeah. the pu- the are you are you now coining the phrase the publisher, Mister Count no. Mister Kelly Cole, or that came so much later. Okay, so now that you developed this book, your Amazon bestseller, you got a bunch of people asking you how to do it. Do you say, okay, I got to show these people how to do it? Or like you create the, or like, what do you do next? I immediately was like, yo, I'm doing it for them. Like I immediately, but I had no team. I didn't know what I was going to, I didn't have mm. no editor. Ooh, this is I didn't good. have anything. I Ooh, was this just is like, good. I'm going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. going to use Microsoft Word and let them catch the misspellings like my first first client i feel so bad i messed i misspelled a word on his cover 
But he was cool. This Woo. was before, you know, this is before we had did a mass production. production yeah. Like that, but fixed that. But, um, but yeah, so wow. th- I just figured it out as I went. And, you know, then I f- once I figured out, yo, okay, it's very important that I get an editor. Got an yeah. editor. So yeah. just piecing my team together. Okay. Oh, then, then, you know, I got introduced to Fiverr. And I was like, okay, yeah, now yeah, I yeah. covers. Right, right. You know? So I just start piecing my team together. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I didn't begin known to answer your question as the publisher to maybe, I want to say maybe like five years ago. Okay. When I first started doing publishing, I had a marketing company and it was called Primetime Marketing. Okay. Where we was doing everything. Okay, I do websites. I'll do your logo. I'll do this. I'll do that. And um, it's typical for what everybody does. Yeah. They kind of just they think they're gonna keep throwing stuff and see if yeah. it stick. And and what you what, said what, you was doing in the beginning. I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to miss no money. Money, correct. Not knowing like this is the most powerful thing. Being known for one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Full circle. Like man, this is a full circle. I'm glad we're recording this. Guess who reaches out to me? Matt Basak, the guy who gave me the invitation to come to that thing in Atlanta, Atlanta. that changed my life. Wow. He was like, yo, Kel, when the next time you be in Atlanta? I was like, yo, I'll be be there like next week. He was like, all right, come through. Okay. Go to his office. He live in a golf cart community in Atlanta. Go to his office. We riding around. We talking about business. I was like, Matt, I don't think you know like what state I was in when I came to your event. Told him that. And he was like, well, what do you do now? I'm like... <laughs> Man, you know what I do. He's like, no, I don't. Ooh. Ooh. he's spicy. So he was like, I was like, I do book publishing mainly. And he was like, well, I thought you manage your son. I was like, I do. I manage my son, but I do book publishing. And he was like, but you say you also do websites and you also do logos. You also do all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, I do. He was like, he was like, cut all of that out. Be known as the publisher. That's how you got it. Everybody wants to talk to the publisher. Be known as the publisher. Focus strictly on book publishing. Develop you um, a system and a formula to um, for people to submit applications yeah, yeah. and talk to you and be known for the publisher. And then he was like, I got it. He was like, buy pitch the publisher.com. I was like, I bought it right then. Immediately. Immediately. And then that's how he coined me the publisher. And that's what wow. I started doing as the publisher, Mr. Kelly Cole, start taking off. Books start doing good. Yeah. And, you know, I transitioned the name from my company to Primetime, from Primetime Marketing to Publishing Advantage Group. Mm-hmm. Then I meet Markrell Russell, who yeah. has this amazing crew called CAU. Yeah. And what I was making in a year, um, I made in five months after signing up with Markrell and doing CAU. So we're not, get, I, we're not, okay, so we're going to treat this like a, uh, get, do the roundabout figure of what you originally were making and then do a roundabout figure of what you possibly. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. You, I mean, just use your. Use, use your, your math. Okay, on the scale, get, give, them the, give them the range. Give them the range. Give them a range. Like, is it six figures? Yeah. I'm just going to say it like that, but. And it's not, it's not, it's not just the year. No. Good God have mercy, no. Jesus. No. On books? Yeah. Publishing? Yeah. Becoming, now, I will say this. I've seen this. Becoming an expert, though. Becoming an expert and being known for one thing. Yeah. That's, so that's once you got rid of, so you got rid of logos, you got everything. rid of website making, you got to, all you focus on is the, the initial, the, the word is 
uh, uh, inception to execution and then launch. If it don't have anything to do with books, it don't have anything to do with me. Wow. Once I became known as the publisher, Mr. Kelly Cole, and switched my content Content, yeah. Started running my ads, had my fun, everything set up with Marquell and got my script and all yeah. that. Yeah. Out of here. And Marquell is a bad boy. Marquell is a beast. Shout out to my bro. And I don't say that lightly. Everybody call everybody bro. No, Marquell is really solid. When I lost my mom after Thanksgiving, Marquell yeah. was texting me, checking on me, blah, 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 all of that. And we used to hang out before, you know, I even signed up with him. So Marquell's solid. Like, he a, he a real dude. Yeah. Like, anytime somebody sees a testimonial from me and asks me about Marquell, I'll be like, yo, it's the best decision it's, yeah. you can make. Yeah. Like, I'll always say that. I yeah. say that you to told you. it to me. I was I about to say, you I'll told say it that, to me. I'll say that to anybody. Like, and they, him and um, Dre, who's the other co-founder, said something to me. It was like, yo, I don't know if we say this on here, but I'm going to say it. You, wanna, you can edit it if you want. Yeah. But he was like, Dre was like, he looked at me. He was like, yo, these white boys out here getting rich for no reason, Kelly, and you better than them. Shifted my mindset just like that. I ain't been the same since then. He's like, these white boys getting rich for no reason, and you better than them. Okay, I'm gonna give you another revelation that I'm having because of what you just said, and it's not, it's not uh, derogatory. My, but no, it's white, by the way, I love him. Go ahead. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, we 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 have we we have white friends. Like that's sure. that's not sure. that's not an issue. The 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 thought process is, you said the experience of an HBCU. Yeah. Now you're connected with. Black people who understand the things that most white people understand, that's what you get at an HBCU. So even though you didn't go to the school, you still got the experience. Oh, I got the experience. That's insane. Yeah, I spoke at several HBCUs. I love it. And outside of that, but just in CAU, because CAU is kind of built like an HBCU. So that's what I'm saying. Like, Dre and Marquell, two black founders. And now you and you're getting yeah. an HBCU experience that you yeah. never got that you said if you had to choose you would have chose that and yeah. this is how it led you to it. For sure. That's insane. Okay, so we get to the point. So now yeah. Now we're we're at the space of mm-hmm. you are no longer having to think about when your next meal, when yeah. your next dollar, when yeah. your next whatever family's in a good space. Yeah. Um, you know, you were able to even, and, and I, you know, we talked, I texted you, made sure you was good, um, about your moms and her passing and trying to give you space as well and that, but you were yeah. able to make sure that everybody was still good. Like, yeah. talk about real quick, what it's like to be able to have sustainability, but you had to sustain yourself through some tough times. Yeah. Um, the thing that, you know, that, like, where I didn't really have regret with my mom and her past, of course, I, ne- I didn't want to lose my mom. Right. I'm glad she's in no more pain. You know, she's had heart issues her whole life. Wow. But I was able to make some of her dreams come true. You know what I mean? And wow. I'll, I'll tell people this all the time. It started with the book. Had I not wrote that first book, I wouldn't have wrote the fifth book mm-hmm. that I, ga- I gave to a guy who then gave it to his boss, who worked at a college. I didn't even know he worked at a college, who booked me to speak. And I was like, I called my mom. I was like, yo, what do you want for your birthday? And she was like, I want to go to Disney World. And I was like, you've never been to Disney World? She was like, no, it's always been my dream. So I was like, all right, we're going to Disney World. So I booked the house, booked flights, took everybody, the whole fam, to Disney World off a check that I got from speaking. So it wasn't like no other bag. But but then once I started getting into it, I was like, man, I'm spending a lot of money on this. <laughs> 
Big Baby. Yep, Big Baby, which his book is going to be. Yeah, wait till y'all read Big Baby's book. That's going to be comical. It's, <laughs> it's going to be comical. Oh my gosh. Just spending like the initial meeting with him was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Big Baby. Uh, we just signed Scott Williams. Bruh, I just got off the phone before I came here to do this with a two-time Super Bowl champion. I ain't going to say his name yet, but March 1st, he's signing the contract, and we're going to do him. But it's been it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Wow. I love it. Like, wow. just think about it. My goal was to get to the NFL. And I told, I wrote this, this is, man, this is a few months before my mom passed. I said, Mom, I didn't make it to the NFL, but I just cashed the NFL check. Godly. I went to speak for the NFL Players Association in Detroit for the retired Detroit Lions and got clients from that as well. I didn't make it to the NFL, but I just clashed the NFL check. And I just want this is this this is this is just this is the reason why not only the book was written, yeah, but the podcast was developed. Yeah. Um, and I I'll firmly I will firmly firmly always say that this really honestly does not exist without you, bro. Wow. This really does not because you listen to me. And you also say, like, you you even pour into me all the time. You're like, Jay, you got it. Like, what are you waiting for? Before yeah. we even started, he was getting on me. He's like, all right, uh, what you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are we not doing this? Like, I ain't seen nothing yet. What are you doing? I'm like, but you need people like that in your Like, if your friends or your, your colleagues don't be able to jump on you and get you right, it's accountability. It's not necessarily that you beating on me and nothing like that. Yeah. It's it's accountability sure. to be able to say, yo, I see it. I see you. You've been asking for people to see you, and the people that actually see you, you ignore them. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, bro, I say it all the time, thank you, man. Um, um, before we let you go, I gotta ask you, uh, what's the what's the biggest advice? There's an athlete, there's a spouse, there's 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 a, a current one or former athlete. That's like, you know, not only do I want to write a book, but I might not know I want to write a book, but I also don't think my story matters. Yeah. What do you tell them? Since we've had a, a biblical undertone this whole time. Yeah. First thing came to mind was um, Christ said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. Mm. There's sheep out there waiting to hear your voice. They can't move until you move. So just think about all of the people who were attached to me moving and writing that first book and all of the people that I've been able to help and hear me out of my obedience. So never underestimate what God has put into you and your story, your unique look on things. Like when I first started publishing, I was like, man, everybody know this stuff. Or when I started speaking, I used to be afraid for my colleagues to come hear me speak because like, man, y'all know this stuff. And they were like, no, we don't like, wow. we don't think like you and we don't, we don't hear like you. So they, certain things people can't hear unless it comes from you. Yeah. And you don't know how much time you got. There's three things that I regret or I wish would have happened Two, the first two. I wish both of my grandfathers would have wrote books to leave me their wisdom. Mm. So think about my children's children and my legacy that they can pick up my books and understand my brain, brain. my thoughts, even if they don't want to run the publishing company. Yeah. So I'm leaving them a piece of me with every book that I write. Wow. Like think about when I have my first grandson and I can hand him a book that tells him how I raised his dad. And then he, yeah. And Oh, Oh, the power in that. Yeah. So I wish both my granddads and I wish my mom would have finished her cookbook. She was a chef. Mm. My locked in conference 
she was the caterer for my first locked in conference. And I was like, mom, if you had your books, you could have made a lot of money. Like people really enjoy your food. They would have bought the book just to support you. And throughout this whole year of 2022, I was like, mom, you on the book? You know how I do. I, yeah. I'm, you on the book? Like, yeah. Yep. I just need a few more pictures. I just need a few more this. I need a few more that. And I'm, and I'm getting it. And she never finished it. Mm. So now we got to finish it in her honor. Okay. We're going to finish it. My sisters are getting it together. And um, we're going to create a scholarship fund for culinary arts. Wow. Give it away with the proceeds for her book. But you just got to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and last thing, like, you don't have to get it right. You just got to get it going. Mm. Once you get it going, you can always approve upon it. But if you never get it going, you don't have anything to improve upon. This is, this is a fact. Conversations with Sharks had so many mistakes in that book, it still hit number one. But guess what I was able to do? I was able to create a revised edition right. and fix all of the mistakes. Yeah. So my reviews were terrible, but look what was birthed out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look what was birthed out of a mistake. Come on. Like, y'all really finna get me. I like, no, no, no. Look what was birthed <laughs> out of a mistake. The book, Conversations with Sharks. Look what was birthed out of a mistake, my son. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. My son is a superstar. I got three superstars. I've yeah. been blessed with three superstars. Like, yeah. this is when I knew my son was a superstar. When we were going through TSA, I'm going through, I got my son's merch on. The TSA agent goes, what you know about Aaron Cole? I said, first of all, that's my son. Second of all, he's right there. Dude loses his mind. <laughs> Clocks out of work and says, yo, I got to get a picture. Picture. Like, <laughs> I ain't going to lose, lose this job. job. I ain't going to lose this job. He said, I clocked out. I'm off the clock. Like, <laughs> you a TSA agent? Like, bro. He was like, I ain't going to ever get this chance again. Like, And he followed us out, took a picture with my son. I was like, bro, you, you a superstar. You done made it. But he goes a lot of places and he get recognized that, you know, who he is. Like, we go to basketball games and stuff like that. But my two daughters are right behind him. I got a daughter who's getting her master's in theology. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it right now. Remember I said it. She's going to be big as, as big as, um, what's T.D. Jake's daughter? Sarah Jake's Sarah Roberts. Jake. She's going to be just that big. Yeah. Like her impact. Wow. Um, it's going to be that that big. And then my baby girl, she sings better than my son. Gee. And, has and she actually plays the guitar. And as a worshiper, oh, and man. she's pretty. So she's coming. I got three superstars yeah. that are amazing. Like, yeah. Like so, I've been I've been blessed with that. But if I can sum it up to everything, like just do it. Like yeah. listen to what God has put in you, and think about. Don't think of that book as, hey, you want to just make money with the book. Think of the book as the new business card to introduce people to who you are and what you do. Because where you really make the money, yeah, speaking, coaching. Um, courses, yep. all of the things that the book turns into. Can't close it out no better than that, man. Uh, thank you, guy. Thank you for having me. This I appreciate is, this it. Is dope. I'll never get to talk. I'll nice. never get to tell my story. Well, you telling I'll a whole bunch of other people's story, but uh, <laughs> listen, we got to bring you back, and we will. Uh, but we appreciate you for watching, for and sure. until next time, go do what you got to do so you can be in this seat too. <laughs>